Right, Matt, I'm going to start by asking for an apology from you. Okay. Um, mainly for you trying to put my choices down last week when I mentioned I don't Rose remember it. And I mentioned Matsuyama. Well, Ro- Rose was nowhere, wasn't he? Well... He was, yeah. he was nobody. He was still there-ish. <laughs> I mean, he, he clung on all the way, but... Yeah, it was all done on the first day, wasn't it? Yeah. Seven on the first day, and then I think he went level, level, two over. Yeah. But uh, the big one was Matty Armour, really. I think you really tried to dig me out for that one. It was, you know, a fair pick, to be to be fair. I think he, he beat Jordan Spieth by about 40 days of not going with a win. Um it was like 3,140 days and Spieth was the like... The last three... one he won was, tw- I think it was 2017 Firestone. Yeah, so, you know, I wasn't really too far out, was I? <laughs> you know, he just came up and to be fair to him, played well, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Played very well. Ten years after being the lowest amateur. So I know, mad that, on it? It's a nice... It is good how, like, the, um, the Masters have got the... Is it, I can't remember the name. Is it like the Asian program they've got where they're trying to get more Asian golfers yeah. in? Obviously, growing market over in Japan and China, and he he qualified through that, didn't he? Yeah. And then goes on to win lowest amateur, then becomes the Masters champion. So he's had that nice little um, sort of career path and trajectory all through the Masters there, going from you know nothing to to the ultimate. It's quite good in the Masters that they do make a highlight of the amateurs. I know I'm, you do have amateurs playing in other tournaments, but they really make a big deal over them, don't they? Giving them their own little competition to play for. And it feels like you've, if you get lowest amateur at the Masters, you really feel like you've achieved something. Rather yeah. than maybe in a different tournament, you might just be down bottom of a Yeah, no, no one really, like the silver salver at the Open, if you said that to a lot of people, it's just not be like, what, what's, what's the silver salver? It sounds like something out of Harry Potter. But yeah, it's a nice little um, double for him to have that, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's great. Good. Good, to, good to see someone as well who's so good. I think, you know... He's he's been up there so many times, obviously, and won. Was it WGC's won already? Um, and then to go and win a major, I think it'll probably open a bit of a floodgate for him now, because he's a class player. Good player, isn't he? Yeah. So As I good. said last week, really good with the irons. Didn't yeah. call it. Um, I haven't had the apology yet. Just before we carry on. Oh right, yeah. Um, so, sorry. Yeah, that'll do. That's all I need. So, sorry. So one thing I noticed this week while watching the Masters was kind of the. The slopes? You would say the, there's always that. How green it was. The inconsistency Lovely flowers. to an extent of <laughs> of players. And it's one thing that we'll get coming into lessons all the time. I'll Especially when I meet someone for the first time, I'll say, what do you want from a series of lessons or this one lesson? And 99% the answer, of the time the secret. is the word consistency. Yes. So if we just kind of look over those rounds, well, the top players in the world aren't consistent because Justin Rose has shot a seven under and he would say I'm not consistently shooting seven under or you've got Matsuyama seemed to really cling on yeah to the end yeah round. the back nine was back nine was ropey wasn't it we seen him go in the water on 15 what, did, did he get to four or five um, he was six in the lead going into Amen Corner right and then he managed to win by one by one one by one one yeah. by one he bogeyed Mad three of the it. last four holes he put it in the water on 15 and it just made me think, and especially with Rose after going deep on day one, it just made me think of the mindset of people are in, and we could probably relate it, and a lot of golfers could relate it to depending on what sort of scenario they're playing in, mm-hmm. whether they're on a Sunday medal. You hear it all the time, people saying, I just don't like playing medal, because they know that, that one big hole can ruin them, and the mindset is just off straight away. So it just got me thinking about even the best in the world. Do they Have they been faltering even this week from just not being in the best frame of mind? 
I think, yeah, that's huge. You know, he's somewhat one of my picks, obviously, from last week, driving-wise, and you said he wasn't going to win it, but Rory, yeah. you look at him, and uh, I think the comments from... Um, I can't remember whether it was Butch or someone um, at the on the final day said, you know, he'd be better off just to take a couple of weeks now, him and the family, down on a beach somewhere and get golf out of his head. Because when you're trending in the, the wrong way as well, it can become a lonely and hard place to be, golf, can't it? Oh, definitely. When you, you don't necessarily know the answer or yeah. you do know the answer and just can't make it happen. Yeah. And more Ev- often than not, not knowing the answer is what we all end up with and some things work some things don't McElroy was it was very good for him to come out the other week and say I've probably started trying to follow Bryson too much yeah. and Bryson got in his head by hitting it too far Yeah, not like McElroy's ever been short is it with his, no. with his irons or driver it's no. ridiculous yeah so I think yeah mindset's a huge thing and it is um, it'd be interesting I think we need to probably get someone on like a Carl Morris or a you know a Lee Crumble home to, to go over the topic a little bit more and give people a a broader insight into how how it is that you think and program yourself on the on the golf course because it is you know hard to find that rhythm that flow and when you when you're not playing well it's easy to see any slight you know form of bad luck or slight bad swing that can overshadow any form of um, consistency you do find or you know good shot you hit you, you're quick to call out the, the negative aren't you and you get into a, yes. a place where it's oh you know god no that bounced the wrong way why me why is it going in there that would have been you know up to the hole if it wasn't me and so on and so forth and it is you know if you think you just smile back at the golf course you look at someone like Matsuyama yeah. even when he was you know dropping shots like flies didn't look like he was losing his cool yeah, but it's a good job the round finished after 18 holes instead of 19, 20, oh, wasn't yeah. it? Because he was the, the end Could've of the round said, probably yeah. saved him there. It was yeah, a little bit, but he's got the pressure of kind of a country on his shoulders being yeah. the first Japanese player to win it. Yeah. There's an awful lot. Of well, even though you look at it. that, he's not he's not flipping out, is he? No, he didn't lose you know, it once. You know, all the way through. Even I think one of my mates texts me on Friday saying, "Oh my God, was it Friday or Saturday? Whatever day it was." And I said, "He's just got it on a string. He just looks like he's ready to burst out laughing. Like <laughs> this yeah. is this is too easy." Um, but he just kept going and going and was um, was just cool, cool, calm and collected, wasn't he? Opposed to someone like Siwoo Kim, who uh, we saw a different, yeah, <laughs> different gonna, side of. Talk about that lately, mate. Uh, later, <laughs> maybe talk about a few scenarios ourselves. But what position do you think would? What position would you rather be in when you think about it? In terms of, would you rather be a Justin Rose and go out the block flying seven under? Would you feel more pressure after that round, or would you rather just sort of? swinging a couple of two or three unders and you feel like you're never really in the race. They say yeah. it's easier to play in the second to last group, isn't it? Because you're not really in a match play with the other guy. Yeah. You're just you're just playing your game. You probably know what's going on in, on just going on behind you, but it's always better to just be in that it comes back to expectation, which you've mentioned a few times over the mm. weeks of us doing this. And it's if you're in the leading group five ahead, you're expecting to go out and win. You could play defensive. Fair play to Matsuyama. He didn't play too defensively. No. He didn't at all, to be fair. Um, but it all went wrong for him as soon as he teed off on the first when he's 40 yards right in the trees. I don't know if you've seen his punch shot out. 
he definitely wasn't going for the gap he got it in yeah he was, was going squishy. he was trying to go 20 yards left of that yeah through a massive gap in the trees which would have seen him front left of the green yeah and he sent he's left the face wildly what wildly open and it went through the other gap and was mm. so Inches. close to hitting that tree yeah and he'd kind of play even then he played it off as if yeah. well no it's fine I'm back in play go yeah. make up and down I can't move on is what it is um, I think like on the you know being in being quick out the blocks or just plodding along steady I think it was Justin Rhodes' interview on the Thursday when he'd shot the seven under saying you know you generally don't follow it up yeah uh, I know when I've had like low rounds or like even if you think say if you're an 18 handicapper listening to this yes you're not going out there and shooting you know six under par gross but if you go out and have your best round of your life on the Saturday medal that following Saturday medal it's hard to then go and emulate that 10 over par or whatever it was because you know everything's clicked in last Saturday's round where you know you drove it nicely you got a few lucky breaks you hit some good iron shots you rolled a few putts in and now to make that happen again and follow it up there's that expectation level isn't there because you've gone from a couple of mediocre rounds or okay rounds to this one shining light and that's now moved the bar up for you and you think oh well that's what golf's going to be like for me but realistically you know it was just a one of the days where everything worked well so it's always tough to follow a super low round up so yeah, I'd rather definitely. be I don't know it depends you'd rather go out and shoot the best round you could every time couldn't you yeah of course you would but, but do you add do you add pressure to yourself yeah by throwing in the really low one and in a way he was pretty probably went to bed on the Thursday night and it doesn't matter how much experience you've got or who you, who you are how long you've been on tour he's gone to bed on Thursday night going I've just put myself in for a real chance of this. Yeah. I've just got to hold on to it. Yeah. And rather than thinking, maybe the next day would have been better off going, I played a solid round today, but there was more out there. Yeah. Instead, he's gone to bed going, that's all I've got. Yeah. And I've got to give it all I've got again. On probably the most difficult um, difficult conditions of the course was that all week. It was mm. harder on Thursday than it was yeah. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So what would you say in terms of, just think about preparing for a game. Would you mm. do anything, or have you done anything in the past before you, you maybe better performances that's got you in a your better performances, Matt? As you snicker there, not your bad yeah. ones. Yeah. We'll talk about your head off uh, later. We were in the bar until four uh, a.m. Um, <laughs> couldn't even, see the ball on the first tee. <laughs> but some people on that because if we talk about relax and why treat a tournament night differently, if you go and play, if I go and play a practice round with you tomorrow, if I'm yeah. just going for a game with you, yeah. and I go and shoot a few under par. And all we've done the night before is maybe had a couple of beers or chilled out. Yeah. Then why, when it comes to my Saturday medal, am I going to sit there on that on that Friday night, plan the course, don't go out, look yeah. at all my shots, visualize everything? If something else has worked for me the night before, we, do we treat it differently when it comes to a tournament or anything? Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, it's the the biggest thing is knowing yourself, what work, finding what works for you. You know, all these all these players on tour um, will go through obviously the process or the uh what would you call it the sort of the routine of speaking to other pros as well and someone say i do this well i do that and i hit balls in this way i'm working on that but they they can listen to that information so well, you know that's interesting yeah it might work for you that tom but i'm actually doing this at the minute and this is what works for me i've found out over a couple of years whatever it may be that yeah, I'm okay. If I go if I go out and have a couple of beers the night before, or I like to sit at home and think about my, my round of golf, um, 
I'm not going to all of a sudden just try this new fad because that's what Steve did the other day. No, so I didn't say Dave there. Nice. Um, Change man. Uh, that's what he did and he played well. So I'll give that a try. You've yep. got to find out what works for you. And then um, as you as you go into it, I think it's definitely worth having a plan every game. I played some some okay golf uh, last year in the few, like probably the first competitions I played in three years and shot like level and level because I went in and I was not bothered about my golf like the score whatsoever yeah we it mentioned that more, the other week about yeah, just um, ticking a box exercise about Westwood um, yeah sort of head at the minute obviously so, didn't do great at the Masters but just being in that state now where he's late in his career and it He's not got as much on his shoulders as what he maybe had when he was in his young twenties, wanting to yeah. create a big career. Now he's just out there to have fun. Yeah, go and play, and that's and that's where you got to look at it. Like if you're going in to win, and you're going in like well, this is going to be my best round. You can't get too much pressure on yourself because you just implode. You've got to make some realistic targets before you go out and, and prepare in that way. Like, two I players, I personally think, as you were talking, and the two players that came to my mind would be kind of a, a Brooks Kepka, who can be as chilled out as you like, and if he has a bad round, he's probably just off home not yeah. think about it come back the next day an hour before the tea time give it a go again you've got Bryson who might go out have a bad round as soon as he walks off 18 he might grab a snack and then he's onto the range again grinding and again, then the next morning for the he's on a 30 in the morning yeah they're both they've both been top of the game okay Brooks is in a little bit of a dip in form at the minute but one more majors yeah it's true um, but at the same time they both work in completely different ways and if you went and watch closely um and watch closely how they, all them tour pros work you'll realise none of them are doing the same No. and if you think back to the Ryder Cup when McElroy turns up a minute before his tea time nearly missed it Yeah. and you're talking about your expectations and your preparation and stuff he's yeah. probably turned up there and the only thing he's worried about is making the tea make the tea time don't make a fool of yourself alright now we're here we've just got to play yeah. I haven't had a warm up I'm Wouldn't not expecting much I'm glad to be here right? and then goes Let's and go. wins yeah. and his mindset was probably just I'm lucky to be here right now. Yeah. You're taking, you're taking your, your mind off the um, the job at hand, haven't you? If you're focused so much, like if you're, there'll be people listening to this now, like first team nerves will be massive for them in a comp yep. because they're panicking so much about what's going to happen. Like the amount of times in a lesson someone says, you know, oh, you know, when there's people around the first tier, I absolutely hate tearing off. It's like, it's not even happened yet, mate. And you're thinking about it. Yeah. Um, it's good that you're nervous. It shows that you care. Um, but it's like, right, we'll learn to channel those nerves and say, well, yeah, I understand that I am nervous, but that shows that this golf round means something to me now. Um, everyone else is feeling it on the golf course generally, but let's focus on what I need to do. Right, let's, whether it's one swing thought that you have, if you, instead of going out and saying, well, I'm going to go and shoot 65 today, if you said I'm going to, on the golf course, have one I'm going to stick to the same swing thought for 18 holes and you can do that you're focusing on something else other than trying to play you know to a number yeah or, or getting yourself down to oh no I've just made bogey oh no my god I've got 16 bogeys left in 16 holes now how am I going to do this yeah that's one thing even though we say it's something different for everyone I don't know many people if anyone who've succeeded from chasing a number no I don't think it works well because even if you're no. a let's say you're a scratch golfer and you decide to chase two under well, you're, you're already um, in the chase you're yeah. already trying to find shots somewhere and if something goes wrong you go well now I've got to find three shots you get focused on the process I did it when I shot course record at Warrington um, I was in like a nice vein of form is that still standing by the way? no someone broke it last year oh. um, 
more to come on that though. Shame. New YouTube series. Um, but I, I found you 8 under on the back nine. So then the following week, I'm playing and I've shot level on the front nine when I, when I shot the course record. Right. The following week, it, so I did that on the Saturday. The Thursday I'm playing afterwards, I'm five under on the 10th tee. And I look at it and go, well, I've just shot eight under previously on the back nine. Yeah. So I can shoot 13 under now. Because I can you feel like you can put five under. at the yeah, front. I've done it before. Yeah. So I said, right, I'm, I literally stood on that tee and thought I could break 60 here. If I go, if yeah. I play half deep, because like the back nine's a lot easier. You can get your driver out. There's no real out of bounds until the 18th. Yeah. You can just smash it, two par fives. So I birdied 10 and then it was like, right, we're off and running here. And then I didn't birdie 11, I didn't birdie 12, I didn't birdie 13, and I'm like, I've only got five holes, holes left, left now. Yeah. And I'm like, come on, I need, I need to get this, and I need to... And it stopped, I stopped thinking, like, the, the five under, all I was focusing on at the time was hitting this tiny little draw and this one little swing feeling I had, and that totally went out the window on the back nine. All and of a sudden, you're chasing a shot or a number. number. Yeah. That, was the, that was the only thing I did. And I walked off the course and I shot six under... And I was so pissed off. Yeah. It was just like, well, that was a waste. And you think, yeah. well, you just shot a great round of golf there. But because I was so felt like I'd already predetermined on the ninth tee, sorry, on the tenth tee, that I was going to shoot better. That was, you know, looking forward yeah, look, instead of staying in the present, you know, is that common term, isn't it? And it's if there's any of that that'll be relatable to people, it's and I remember it back when I was playing handicap golf when I had the higher handicap. Yeah. And if you even if let's say you I'm playing off eighteen and you go and shoot six over front nine, all of a sudden you kind of go, oh, I can have 12 and six on my handicap. My, Everybody, yeah, I can shoot my best score now. How many people blow up on them last few holes? Yeah, we've, just, count, we've just been talking... Counting score is so bad. Yeah, we've just been talking, Matty Armour, about sort of blowing it for the last three, and luckily the round ended. Yeah. Then you've got your scenario there. I've done yeah. it before. And then you've August also got the exact same scenario of playing off 18-24. Yeah. When you go and have a great front nine. Yeah. You free and you throw wheeling. it in the back nine. Yeah. I always remember that, I think I might have mentioned it a few weeks ago, but I always remember the first time I was ever having a really good round and standing on the 14th tier, two under, yeah. playing off eight. Nice. And all of Bandit. a sudden, sta stand on the 14th tee. Yeah, well, I spent a couple of years, you know, when you're the, at that age and your handicap's just dropping and <laughs> yeah. dropping because you'd... Tom was the most hated <laughs> man in his golf club. Oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, two under par going on, on standing on the 14th tee. And I kind of got in my head a bit and I felt like every bit of energy I had or every bit of focus my head just switched I wasn't in the same state of mind anymore I wasn't I didn't feel as energetic anymore and decided to go and throw four shots away and finish two over so still but then still a good round and I've come off annoyed in the car on the way home wanting to rip the scorecard up I've still gone six under my handicap but I've done the exact same thing of getting focused on that number of being two under par I could make four under par and we don't quite make it. Uh, we don't quite make it back home in yeah. in a good way. Mm. It's, it is We've amazing, really, isn't it? How your mind can just you, you, like your golf swing isn't going to change that much, and all of a sudden, your um, your frame of mind gets you. Yeah, you just bang gone. To yeah. Totally well, changes the the focus changes. A little bit of confidence goes sudden, or anything. Yeah. It's amazing. One of the, I always remember something Carl Morris said to me. If people don't know Carl Morris, go and check him out. He's one of the leading sports psychologists in golf. Um, and when I was playing like good amateur stuff, uh, I, I was doing a few sessions with him, and he said like, "Well, when you stood on that sixteenth tee and you four under, you actually don't own that score yet. 
you've not yeah. signed your card so it's not yours because you could go eagle eagle you could go triple triple so it's not actually your score and you look even after nine holes and there's always this sort of well i'll get to the the turn and then i'll reset yeah why does it have to be after nine holes is there some sort of like barrier there or everyone split it into two nines yeah, exactly. don't do three sixes yeah yeah and stuff like that is where you can you can change your mindset on that next hole and even just learning to do that i think's a great one but so then bad mindsets yeah see woo kim put a snap how'd you like it <laughs> bad one it really shouldn't rolling, be doing that augusta rolling it with, well did he hit it you couldn't really tell from the camera and camera angle did he hit it off he wasn't on the green which we spoke no, about it was on the, the slope was yeah. he on the slope or was is there a wooden bulkhead there that maybe banged it into no because it's just pure grass that's it just, down, it just yeah. run down yeah, there yeah. where he was standing yeah so yeah and then he's putting real three wood. slam yeah by the way if you're if you're struggling with speed control with your putter and distance yeah if you can go and just roll good. a three wood or a hybrid around yeah. it'll teach you to be really that was um, one of the old uh, really smooth with it really the drills wasn't it tempo will be good yeah lob wedge belly in a lob wedge yeah. learning to just actually roll the golf ball again did you see the drill uh it was Matty Armour doing it, I think, actually, knocking with a gate drill with his putter mm. and then another gate only the size of the ball, but where you make, or just after you make impact with the ball. Yeah. So yeah. it was making him stop the putter. Yeah. Obviously getting him to just give it a bit more, or a bit more speed through the ball rather yeah. than dying at it. So he was making sure he hit the ball and then banged into the tees yeah. at a good speed. You'd have to be careful with it that it doesn't teach you to jab at the golf ball as long as you understand what you're trying to do. But that was quite interesting to see him doing that. But... Matt, I want to know about some head-offs. You're an angry man. I've never had one. I've been... Shut up. Never had one. I've been... Never broke a club. I've had a few tempers never on a golf course back on the in golf the day. Course. Never? No. Not once? No. Nope. Surprised you haven't been banned from clubs around the country. Um, me um, too. Have you... <laughs> ever... Let, let, I'll tell you what. I'll ask a couple... I'll ask a couple of questions to you see what sort of level we're at. Yeah. Okay. Ever banged a putter on a green? Done damage to the green? Hope not. Yeah, I have. Yeah, naughty. Yeah, Hopefully, a few past, years yeah. ago, I was I was crazy okay. back in the day. All right, so we've ticked that one off. Um, helicopter the club oh, over everyone's... over the, over trees. I'm asking first. Over trees. Yeah, only because I've seen it. It was great. I've no. seen someone helicopter a putter <laughs> off the green over the trees, land on the second tee. But no, not that far. More of a calm uh, helicopter. I've thrown it at a tree. Okay. Did yeah. it wrap around the tree. Yes. Nice. I've done that actually. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. the head of the club landed in the water. Yeah. Grip of the club landed in a bunker. It's, it's not good. Whatever you do, is no. it? It's just like uh, I, I was just mental back in the day. It was. How many clubs have you snapped? Oh, I don't know. That many? Yeah. At least I can count. I've snapped three. I would. I would reckon I've got into <laughs> double figures. I I've done quite. I used to have like a. I used to get a wedge and just stand on it. You know, in half of it, a bad chip. <laughs> See, just I put it on the do... ground. Stop it. In half. That doesn't get rid of anger for me. Yeah, it did for me. You can't, like, just the, the slow crunch. Yeah. Some people, like, bend the club. I think one of the, I say the best, I, I felt really bad. I was playing a, uh, I was playing a match, and we, it was junior match against a good mate of mine, still a good mate now. And um, I think he's duffed a chip on the third, next to the third green, and just thrown his wedge at his bag. Not hard, nothing bad. Gets to the next hole, pulls three wood out, three woods in half. Because where his wedge is, his bag is yeah, three wood and a half. Well, I've done yeah. that with the driver. And then, so we played that, he's hit that three wood off the tee. We've got to the next. He's pulled his driver out. And that was in half as well. Yeah. So he's managed with throwing his clubs, uh, throwing his wedge at his bag, not too aggressively, to be fair. 
he managed to snap Driver and three wood, take himself completely out of the match, um, and I knocked him out the knockouts that year. Yeah, yeah, it's it, you know I, I look back on mine and I'm like, yeah, I'm not not proud of it, and um, you, you've got to look at like what else is going on in your life and things like that, and um, uh, I'm I'm just glad now that when I play. I'm not that bothered about a bad shot. Yeah. I think back in the day, it meant so much to me. It's definitely going to mean now. something, yeah. isn't it? I could, I now could go I'm, not, I'm not really that bothered if yeah. I hit a poor one. I actually did like have a little tantrum, though, the other day. First time in a long time. Did you, why? And it was more boredom than anything. The course was so, like, because it was the first, second round back, and everyone was on the golf course. Just slow. It was just super slow, so I'm like, they're just getting fed up and fed up and fed up. And then it was just like, oh, and just like slammed the club into the bag. Naughty. But then it was like, what are you doing? Why have you done that? And then we but went Yeah, off. it's the it's the high pressure situations that you put mm. yourself in, isn't it? That gives you yeah. that head off. And like you say there, I haven't like, for a long time. Did you see time, that one from Billy Horschel? Don't think I did. The, the, three, like, the three slammers, if he was like, no, I didn't really see. trying to tell his, so there's like a picture, a video of him. He's put his wedge. Obviously, they've got like the tour bags and the caddies yeah. are generally stood next to them, sort of oh, holding. Oh, sorry, I have. I've and he like he holds it. it, slams it in once, yeah. picks it back up, like no, no, no. And you're like, all right, well, once is like, like you get, I get it. He but couldn't quite three, get the anger. Yeah, it's just like he's a ticking time bomb, Billy. Like, <laughs> I've pretty... got to get, got to get a bit more out. No, a bit yeah. more anger's left in. But the thing with with Siwoo Kim as well, you, what was quite funny watching him talking about the reaction was when he he's done it, he's looked at his putter. He's just kind of gone dead in the face for a minute, and then it was looking twenty yards to the left to his caddy, and yeah. just kind of going, "Come here, please. We have a problem." <laughs> can, can I have my three wood, please? <laughs> I broke my putter again. But he still finished. Uh, I think he's he finished top top ten. Did he yeah, something like that. If you look at someone like a Tyrrell Hatton, though, who can, as, as long I don't mind people getting angry on a golf course, as long as it doesn't affect your playing partners, yeah. and it doesn't affect your round for the rest of the that your game for the rest of the round. Yeah. If you can use it as to like sort of g yourself up a little bit, like come on, get yourself together. What are you doing? Yeah, definitely. And then you go and like right, well, that kickstarts me into something instead of like switching off. Yeah, that's it. If you damage if you damage your own club, you've only made yeah. it a bit more difficult for yourself. But yeah. um, as long as, like we said a few weeks ago as well, as long as you're not taking chunks out of the golf course or you're not affecting the other people yeah. in the competition. Um, I think the last what the last one I had was just thinking about a, a putter bend it was only a few years back and it was probably the last time to be fair I, I have ever had a head off on a golf course mm. and I went I started at Manchester in a competition North Manchester Golf Club Ooh. and I lipped out for birdie on the first eagled the second birdied the third and fourth I was and like right thought, we're off right, to right, start well, I'm, I'm going to shoot <laughs> 10 under so it so I've done exactly what we were saying before yeah. I've gone I am not stopping this is great and something flipped at some point and I managed to have it was you that flipped no I went three three putts in a row and that was the end so of the, the putter. putter I went and do you know what it was more of a I went to hit the putter head against my shoe a little bit aggressively but as I've lifted my foot up I've hit the middle of the shaft against my shoe oh dear the putter just, just bent wow so I've now played so I had to play the rest of the round with a with a bent putter because obviously the rules say you can't you can't repair it you can't get a new one you can't well yeah. Depends on when the rule was. If you bent it, you couldn't use it. It was before the rule changed. You cheated then. Did I? Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Terrible. Terrible. Wow. Yeah, if you really? alter the, yeah, the... if you alter the state of the club, you can't use it. 
but they've changed it oh, now. Oh yeah, of course, I now, suppose. Altering yeah, the state he, of the club yeah. would be the same as going and bending your left and light. Yeah, you exactly. can't do that just yeah. because I've hit it against so your shoe. Yeah. I suppose, I didn't even think yeah. of that. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter well, if there I we cheated. Go, folks. Because we've just uncovered one. <laughs> I'm a cheat and um, it gained me absolutely nothing because I think yeah. I finished from being four under. I think I finished about four over. He actually six-putted so, every green five. since. I didn't, I didn't gain anything from cheating, so don't cheat. Get you nothing. Yeah. Right then. Um... Instead of listeners' questions this week, Tom, I wanted to fire a few questions at you just for the folks, just to get to know you again a little bit more. Okay. Um, and I think if we get any guests on as well, um, also we should fire these questions at them. Yeah, we will um, start getting some guests on. Obviously, it's been a bit of a tougher time the last few weeks. We're just back in work now, aren't we? Yeah. But we, we do look to start getting some defo. If, you, if you've got any guests in mind that you would like to hear on the podcast... Um, drop us a message on the Coach's Corner Instagram um, on on probably one of the, the images for this week's podcast. Um, we'll do something about guests and just throw some names at us. Who would you like to hear from, whether it's a coach? Um, obviously, we're not going to get like Tiger Woods on here. Only because he's not doing very well at the minute. Yeah, if it, if yeah, he had another crash, we probably would have got him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, fire some names at us and we'll, we'll see who we can get on and um, try and help your games in that way. But a few questions for you, Tom. Um, firstly, best club you've ever owned? An R7 Super Quad Driver. Ooh. Was it and a black one or not? Black, it was, it was one of the first black. ones all black. And it was bought, I actually bought it from, bought it from a mate and he'd had a kind of, he'd had a different shaft put in it and it was a, but this is back in, we're probably talking maybe 2009, yeah. 2010. Yeah. And it was a romback shaft with mm. about half an inch cut off, and Ooh. I never missed the fairway. It never. Was never. Bold it was common. ridiculous. Um, and that one, to be fair, just talk while we're on head offs, I snapped it. <laughs> no, no, no. Not in a bad head off. Snapped it over my mate's I've, head. I've turned around. I've hit a shot, it was. Say hits every fairway. It wasn't a great shot. <laughs> I've turned around from my bag. Not only I've, does he cheat, he lies. <laughs> as I've turned around just to kind of, do you know, let the club sort of swing in my hand. Yeah. And the head hit the tee block and just fell clean off. <laughs> and that was the end I was of that one. Devastated. Um, but to be fair, the lad who I played with. Um, Good club, that, to be fair. The lad who I played with back then when the driver broke, he knew I was devastated about it. And the other week. He, he lives local to here, and he um, he texted me and just said, uh, I've got something for you. And he turned up with a R7 Super Quad for me. I said, I came across this the other day in some bargain basement thing and paid four quid for it. And I thought, oh are you gosh. remembered you snapping it? So I've got it in my bag at home. Oh, brilliant. But yeah, best, uh, best club I think I've ever owned. Okay, best course you've ever played? Um, I've... Mm. There's a, there's, a, there's a few. I'm stuck. Um, I'd have to go Turnbury. Turnbury, nice. Uh, I, I was struggling with a few there. There's, but Turnbury probably. Yeah, yeah. Turnbury probably just because of as well as the course is great. It's also got that that feel and that history as well, hasn't it? It's yeah. got a lot to it. So I'll go with that. Yeah, like it. If you had to play one hole for the rest of your life, mm. what hole would it be? Um. I'm really good at the 90-yard par three at Lee Park in Liverpool <laughs> because I'm great with the sandwich. I feel like my score, like score would be quite good. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to go and pick some 220-yard par three. I'd love to, but uh, no, a, a hole that I had to play. Um, One hole. You could only play this hole for the rest of your life. Um, 
Do I get unlimited golf balls? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to stand there, 17 at Sargos. Right, okay. Hmm. Interesting. I'm, just, I, I'm, happily, I'm happy to stand there just swinging an iron. Yeah. Nothing too strenuous. Yeah. My career would last longer. Yeah, just chipping a wedge out, <laughs> dunking it in the pond. Yeah, give me that. Okay, and if you could have anyone's golf swing, who would it be? Just, just so everyone can um, see this, Matt sitting across the table from me, pointing at himself. <laughs> um, you I wouldn't it? be choosing Matt. You, you, you really want swing. it? Not a chance. Hold oil. Um, Hold oil. Anybody's golf swing. Mm. Future, well, not future. Because future we don't see it. Yeah, we've not like, seen him. That guy, Steve, who's got a really good one. It looks great now. Uh, um, uh, now or past. Again, I'm going to do the same as I've done last week with these picks, and I can't just go and take a, a Tiger Woods because people no. will just go, people oh. will just say Tiger or something. Yeah, I love, you... love Morikawa swing. Ooh. But Ooh. I can't, I can't, you can't say no to McElroy's. As a, as control, speed, everything yeah. in it, it's just, it's just the best looking golf swing out there. A wedge in his hand. Yeah, I'll keep, can I keep my own wedge swing? Yeah. I'll keep my wedge <laughs> swing off with everything uh, uh, else. Where, where is it? Lee Park? Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, if I'm playing the 90-yard par three at Lee Park, it's my swing, <laughs> not Rory's. Um, put me anywhere else, I'll take Rory's swing. Happy days, right? Well, interesting picks there. Um, wrap it up there. Well, I just need to say quickly, uh, Masters Comp, none of you got anywhere near right. I think we got 10. Who, who, um, who was the closest? The closest, we didn't even have a score right. So we didn't have player or score. Right. I probably would have been inclined to say... Okay, you got the correct winning score. Yeah, did anyone, um, anyone pick the right person? We didn't. No one picked the right person. No one picked the right score. So <sighs> unfortunately, I think we had um, we had about fifteen entries. I think. Yeah. And yeah, um, I haven't got them up in front of me because I did just think. Um, Why don't you just we, ra- randomly pick one? Probably can't pick one. So randomly pick for, one and put it on the uh, Instagram. Thanks page. for entering it. I will put it out there, and I tell you what, there's one that's gonna, that cropped up to me. Um, which I thought I would like you to have picked the right person, but I'll go for Max. Um, he's thirteen-year-old junior golfer from Ireland, oh, so nice. let's help the juniors out. Yeah, definitely. Um, I want to see more kids playing. He picked Colin Morikawa at minus sixteen, but big. Yeah, huge, huge score. Um, but Max, I quite liked it. I take it you're a fan of Morikawa. Um, I will drop your reply in the emails, and we'll sort out getting that uh, getting that lesson for you. So thanks for listening, and thanks for entering. Everyone else. Um, Pick better names next time and we can pick a proper winner. But yeah. thanks for playing. Thanks for playing the game of Guess the Golfer. Guess the Golfer. <laughs> Guess the Golfer. Oh, that could be a segment, couldn't it? Guess the Golfer. What are we doing? Kind of guess who's going to win this weekend? Yeah, obviously, because we? it's a visual thing <laughs> and we're on audio. Yeah. We'll just play a clip of someone's swing. <laughs> And they've got to guess it. Got to listen to the strike. Listen to the, the club making a movement in the air. If you don't hear a whoosh and you hear ground first, it's my fry. <laughs> yeah. God <Thunder>. damn it! <laughs> oh, happy um, days. Very good podcast. We're uh, we're on a busy day today, aren't we? So, a yeah. little bit of a shorter episode. You're off teaching. 12 hours. I'm off playing. Of life-changing coaching. We, you guys, pro- oh, some of you might realise that this is out on a different day. Uh, we're going to try and keep the same release day consistent, but at the minute, our lives have got a little bit chaotic compared to what we've been doing in lockdown so we we haven't managed to record this until um until seven o'clock wednesday morning 
Um, but we'll we'll start trying to get consistent time. But one thing yeah. we will be doing is it'll definitely happen at least once a week. We'll never miss one. Yeah. But it just might not be the same time every week. So thanks for keeping up with us, and we will see you next week. I always yeah. say we'll see you next week. We never see anyone. No. Just uh, you. you can listen to us next week. <laughs> you and your, <laughs> your damn quiff. <laughs> <laughs>